Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back and let's chat about what is happening in the stars above for the weekend. Yay, it's Friday. Now, we've had some technical difficulty here this morning uh, with sound. Now, somebody out there who is, um, uh, oh gosh, tell me, somebody tell me out there from YouTube and Facebook, can you hear me? Because I had surprise guests this morning, Pia and Colin, and I could not hear them. And I don't know if you guys could hear them either. Can you hear me? You hear me loud and clear. Okay, I'm going to bring in Pia and Colin. Good morning, guys. Can you hear me? Good morning. Can you hear us? I still cannot hear you. Now, can you guys tell me out there in listener land, can you hear Pia and Colin? You guys start talking. Okay, we're talking and we miss talking to everybody. We miss sharing with you. But we're glad to be back now. Okay, somebody tell me, can you hear Pia and Cullen? You can hear them and me. That is bizarre. Okay. So I have no idea what you guys are saying. This will be an interesting day. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have no no clue what the technology is behind that or why that might be the problem. Uh, so I'm going to uh, ask for some help, perhaps. Can't hear my guests. Uh, you know, let's see if they'll answer me. In the meantime, welcome, Pia and Colin. It's great to see you guys. I hope you're having a good summertime. It's been really, really hot here. So one of the reasons why I had my headset on to start with this morning is because the fans are all running uh, at super speed, trying to keep the house cool before the heat sets in again today. So I hope you guys are doing well. You can just nod and say, yes. It's really hot. It. Okay. So since other people can hear you, why don't you give us just a quick update on the Pleiadian Earth Astrology uh, what you know about what's going on right now and anything else that you might want to share with our listeners. Well, we are in the middle of the Pleiadian Earth Energy 13-day cycle of enlightening energy, which gives us great idealism and a great tendency for disappointment if our ideals aren't met. <clears throat> so we're right in the middle of that. And today is loving energy which is where all the dynamic tension comes together to give us the opportunity to find harmony between the polarity differences and opposites. So that's where we are today. And we will stay in this energy until next Wednesday, the 24th. On the 24th, we move into the 13-day period of exploring energy, which is all about finding new things, new pathways, new resolutions to problems, anything new that helps us explore energy, which is all about finding new. And, and with that, we have the new moon at the same time. So we've got lots about new beginnings and explorations coming up. <laughs> Do you guys want to hear why it is I couldn't hear you? Sure. I muted my computer. <laughs> <laughs> that would do it hey it's it's janet it's not even mercury retrograde <laughs> i know but you know what today mars is at the 29th degree of taurus meaning tomorrow he moves into gemini for a seven month stay i'm a gemini 
So of course, all of these little things are going to be a part of my experience. And uh, yeah, and Mercury is retrograding not long from now, like in less than a month. And uh, he'll retrograde from Libra back to Virgo. So air to earth. Uh, Virgo is ruled by Mercury, the same planet that I have as a ruling planet. And Libra, of course, a fellow air sign. So isn't it just hysterically funny that now I get a, I can get a read on what's happening and it's usually self-driven. And this is indeed, I was my own worst enemy because I muted my computer yesterday and totally forgot about it. Well, all but now I can that I can hear you, that's awesome. <laughs> all, all I can say, Janet, is welcome to our world. Well, we think the third-dimensional world is getting increasingly challenging to function in. You know, with the changes that are coming in, the energies, the way that we're all feeling. Oh we God, a lot that is challenging us on multiple levels. I totally agree. I mean, sometimes like yesterday, I don't even know why I muted my computer now that I think about it. Um, I was probably being annoyed by notifications or something like that. And uh, I was trying to write and I found myself when I was writing, ending up writing in some kind of weird, like not language, I was obviously speaking English, but on some weird topic instead of what I was supposed to be writing about. And I went, well, what is up with that? Is that something that you guys are experiencing too? Well, I, I guess the best thing I could say about that is I'm not sure many of us are still here working in ways that are normal for us. I think we're tapping into things that, that are unusual, um, not our grounded, earthly, third dimensional selves. So what you just said makes absolute sense to me because P and I can be working on a project and all of a sudden we'll look at each other and go, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, what are we doing? What am I doing? I have no clue what I'm doing. And then I'll go off to go do something else because I'm thinking, okay, you're getting unfocused. So you just need a break from what you're doing. So I'll go running off to do something else and then find myself. Well, yesterday it was outside puttering in the garden and then going, what are you doing? You have to get ready for your clients tomorrow. <laughs> so I come back in. Oh, it's just been like that all week long. All week long yeah. has been sort of if like that. If, if we didn't have post-it notes stuck around everywhere, we would not know what we're doing. We've never, we've never had a whiteboard um, to put things up so that we could see what we're supposed to be doing. And we're about ready to go find a whiteboard because we need to have an absolute list of how many things are we doing today? How many radio need a white wall <laughs> or I need a white wall. Really? So that I can, you know, take care of all of that. And uh, yeah, no, I can't do the headset if I. Lost you. Lost you. It mutes me in between changes. You're back. We, we won't experiment with technology anymore this morning, I promise. So. Anyway, let's say good morning to everybody who's checking in with us because there's now a long list since we've been uh, chatting. 
So good morning, Debbie Tibbetts Tumiel and Tom, it's good to see you and Christine Buckingham, JLo, hello, Erica Dorsey. Tom says something about where I wasn't on YouTube, but now I am. Okay, good, Tom. Uh, and who else? Erica Kajella, good morning. Gala, good morning. I can hear them and you. Okay, so that goes way back. And uh, Requiem for a Tuesday, hello to you. And Tom says, semaphore and sign language work. Thank you very much. Kajela <laughs> uh, said, I knew it just had to be something silly. And indeed it was. Good morning, Michelle Gay. Good. It's good to see you. Happy birthday, by the way. Everybody out there, wish Michelle a happy birthday. It's actually tomorrow. But still, we won't be on air tomorrow. So wish her a happy birthday. Good morning, Judy Wheeler. And a Oh my God, we forgot to go to lunch yesterday, indeed. Oh my God, that's right. Yesterday, oh my goodness. Well, don't feel bad, Michelle, because I totally forgot it was the third week of the month and that Pia and Cullen would be with me today. So she blessfully called me this morning and said, hey, Janet, aren't we supposed to be on air with you today? I'm like, <laughs> so, so typical though of what is going on. Is there a reason in the calendar that I might've missed uh, when I couldn't hear you, uh, that can explain that? Well, I know that on a loving energy day, whatever inner tension you've got comes to the surface. So if you're feeling a bit of inner tension between wanting to go on air and wanting to go gardening, that would show up. Anything that you're doing that is coming from a place of inner tension on a loving day will show up because it's to resolve inner tension and outer tension. So That's that could true. be... That could be participating in what's going on. Well, my entire purpose and focus for this morning was going to be about Mars because, and I don't, doesn't, you know, is Mars ever accounted for as a planet in the Pleiadian system? No, it isn't. But I would, we would love to hear whatever you had planned for the day before you spontaneously added us in as guests. We've given everybody a preview of what's going on. And we'd love to hear what you have to say about Mars. Well, as you know, tomorrow, or as maybe you don't know, tomorrow on the 20th, Mars moves into Gemini for what will be a seven-month stay. Now, to put that in perspective, Mars usually spends about seven, maybe eight weeks in a sign. So he's been in Taurus for about six and a half weeks, seven weeks now. Today is his last full day there, and things will move on. He will move on into Gemini and he won't leave Gemini until March 26th, 2023. So we have a long, I can't even believe that's seven months from now. That seems like it should be a whole year from now. Uh, so Mars will be in the sign of communication, the sign of our minds and of uh, manifesting certain things in our lives around our thoughts and the thought processes. And uh, as we all know, Mars is a bit of a warrior. So we have warrior energy moving through the sign of communication and the mind. You tell me what you think might be happening out there over the next few months, as people might be inserting foot in mouth, might be, uh, you know, writing things on social media that later they're like, oh my God, what did I start? So we're all going to be watching what is pretty much um, kind of a rehash, if you will, of the ideas about fake news, 
truth versus falsehoods and all of that, but from a Gemini slant, which means that it's very mutable. And what's true today is not true tomorrow. And lots of different things like that, that can really knock us off our, our um, balance, out, knock us out of balance. So knowing that ahead of time, of course, we can be prepared. We can have all the antidotes ready for this Mars time period. And you'll need it, right? You'll need it. I even today worked through what the house relationships would be for people because all of you have Gemini in your chart. You don't all have to be a Gemini to have this be impactful because somewhere in your chart is the sign of Gemini and that house that it is associated with is where the action or inaction um, will be taking place. So I want to take a look at that as well for everybody. And uh, if you have planets in Gemini, I, I skate through this one just by the skin of my teeth because my sun is at 28 degrees of Gemini and the retrograde begins at 25 degrees of Gemini and goes backwards to eight degrees. So I don't get hit with the retrograde Mars. I mean, it'll still be retrograde, right? I, that part doesn't change, but it isn't going to impact my sun in the way that I thought it was going to impact my sun. So woohoo, there's that. <laughs> uh, but all things being equal, we're still going to have action issues going on with Mars energy for us over the next seven months. And I want to go through some of that. But first, let's talk about Gemini, right? Let's talk about Gemini as far as what is it rule in your chart and what are the highs and the lows? What's the light of Gemini and what is the shadow in Gemini? Because today's a perfect day to do that because at five something this morning, my time, the moon moved into Gemini. So that means that we started our day with a Mars conjunct, or moon conjunct Mars uh, aspect. <clears throat> and I don't know what I heard. Why, did you guys hear a, a beep sounding? We did. Why? Why, why, why? I don't know. I'm not going to worry about it. I said that, Janet, but I do know that AI thinks it's more knowledgeable than humans are and that all kinds of AI things are happening technologically. So probably something to do with that. As long as Alexa doesn't start singing to me like she did one time when I was at my sister's house. <laughs> Just spontaneously started singing a Christmas song. You know, the Feliz Navidad. The, the... <laughs> <laughs> we could tell you a funny story about that also. We have a dear friend who has a GPS in her car and the GPS was taking her in the wrong direction. And she started cursing at the GPS going, you stupid thing. Why can't you take me where I need to go? And the thing spoke up and said, I don't like your tone of voice. <gasps> oh, my goodness. True story. Oh, my goodness. Right. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. Ay, 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 ay. Uh, I want to address a question really quickly. Somebody, Judy, uh, says, I don't have Gemini anywhere in my star chart. Oh, yes, you do. <laughs> you may not have any planets in it, Judy, but all 12 signs are in your chart. It's, it's like what I always say with human design. We have all of it there. It's a matter of how it's dressed up, right? Is it is it defined? Is it not defined? Are there planets in the house that Gemini occupies in your chart? Or aren't there, right? So that's going to drive the experiences, perhaps, of what's happening. 
But not only do you have Gemini in your chart, you also have Mercury in your chart somewhere. It may not be in Gemini. It's probably in a different sign. But Mercury as the ruling planet of Gemini will also have some issues during this period of time. So the sign of Gemini looks like this. Let's see if I can show my chart. There's Gemini right up there at the top. It looks like twins, right? Or the Roman numeral two. So there you see what that symbol looks like. You can find that symbol in your astrology chart and that is where Gemini is, right? Sandwiched between Cancer and Taurus. So look for that. And then Mercury is in your chart somewhere. Being the ruler, you might want to check what house that Mercury is in and how the planets around Mercury are going to be aspected during this time. So it's really much more complex than, you know, um, Pia and Colin, than what I'm kind of, when I'm trying to explain these things to people, there are so many different ways that this could be dressed up. And that means it's likely, you know, if you're concerned or if you have questions that you probably need to have a personalized reading so that I can check that out in your chart, because I can't really cover all of the ways that this can happen for people or the different things that can happen to people in the context of a, a broadcast. It's just too big, too much, right? So um, if you if you want to know more about that, certainly go to my website and book yourself a transit reading, and that will help you get to the information that you're seeking. Now, let's break down Gemini energy for a moment. And by the way, Pia and Colin, if you have any questions or anything you want to add, just jump in, okay? So, um, Pia, we did it again. We match. Yes, yeah. we did. I was going to comment on that. I, I guess I could share. Um, yeah. yeah. Gemini is my ascendant. So this is this discussion that you're helping us with is pertinent to me directly. Yeah, very much so, because in the whole sign system, that puts um, Mars moving into Gemini in the very first house. So the, the first house of your chart is all about you, right? Your personality, your tone of voice in this, per and perhaps your way of thinking and the transit now for the next seven months is going to be highly personalized for you, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So thankfully, it's not in my first house, so it's not going to be a personal experience, but for you, it will be. Mm -hmm. Doesn't it bring in a new level of way of thinking, changing one's thoughts somewhat to bring when you have that aspect there? Yeah, Mars is wonderful in Gemini because it, it number one, makes your thinking processes much faster, right? Everything is fast. Everything's moving at light speed and new things coming in, get forded right through the throat right away. And yet the very first gate in our human design that Mars will hit is, uh, well, first gate today will be the gate or tomorrow will be the gate eight, the gate of communication as far as how we share of ourselves, how we co-create our reality with others. And then that's only one day. And then he moves directly into the gate 20, which means we're also going to have to have some patience about everything in our, in our world. Now, until October 30th, Mars is in forward motion. So everything should be pretty good for you, right? Moving right along as it were, right? Get, you're booking it. You know what you want to say. If you're writing a book, <laughs> this is a great time to get it written. 
if you're writing something, anything, or needing to write a speech, or needing to present something, or to teach something, from now until October 30th is the best time for that. Because on October 30th, Mars will move retrograde, and then it becomes a time where we can start a, sort of go through the rewrite, the proofreading, the editing, the uh, reimagining, the restating. I had a bunch of words this morning for this. Uh, what did I put down here? Um, uh, okay, well, I didn't write them. I must have written them down somewhere. But oh, reimagine, rework, edit, proof, redesign, rewrite. And that might mean it's focused towards your social media because social media as networking is definitely a Gemini ruled process. Uh, maybe a website, right? Changing the, the, the content on a website, your own book, right? Your own writings, whatever it is that you've been putting in print, um, your elevator speech. I put that at the last moment because I was on an interview the other day and this girl asked me what my elevator speech was. And I went, uh, Okay, I don't have one, but I'll, I'll, I'll just, you know, off the cuff it. Um, so all of these things become ability to kind of rewire and redo as opposed to setting out and trying to push it forward. So it kind of, you know, like with any retrograde, the action moves more inward or to a more passive state than an active state. So the activity doesn't stop, like you, you don't stop moving forward, but you do more of the internalizing uh, processes. And then January 12th of 2023 is when Mars completes the retrograde. And then again, you have the possibility of moving outward. So check eight degrees to 25 degrees of Gemini in your chart and find out what other planets there might be. What is the degree of your rising? Do you know? I don't. Do you appear? No. Let us look it up. Yeah. Well, chances are it's somewhere in between there because there are fewer degrees outside of that span than there are in it. So likely it is something that will be uh, impacting you. So let's go back a little bit to the moon in Gemini now because this is where we get to break down all of the Gemini energies. And let's start with the light. I like starting with the light. There's curiosity here. With Gemini, it's like the consummate asking of questions, right? The questioner the querier, the inquirer, right? Inquiring minds want to know. And so we have the possibility of being curious, letting our curiosity lead us into new territories or into new subject matters or into new ways of expressing ourselves. There's a sharpness uh, of wit in Gemini. And we will all, of course, have that ability to just make connections very quickly with our minds and use that for, you know, humor, perhaps wittiness, I think sometimes can be satirical, but other times it can be, you know, pretty humorous. Thirst for knowledge. I think everybody will in some way be impacted by this, wanting more information. And therein lies a bit of the problem, because how do you know that the information that you've gone searching for is correct or not? Right. It's just as easy to fall prey to a conspiracy theory as it is to fall prey to a, a traditional news story or a, a regular media news story. So we have to be able to use our discernment during this seven month period of time. 
because people will be putting out all kinds of information. Whether it's true or not remains to be seen, right? So that is where we have to be much more aware of the source and use our inner intuition, our inner guidance system to know what's true versus what is not true. And Gemini is a mutable sign, which means it's a consummate, flexible, adaptable, versatile kind of energy. So wherever it is that over the last eight weeks, you might have felt stuck or where you've not been willing to make a movement forward, now that may all fall away and you may find yourself speeding up, moving quickly. So even though that's considered the light of uh, Gemini energy, uh, the possibility is that a lot of you out there might start taking action in ways that are not correct for you. So remembering your type and your strategy from your human design, as well as your authority, saves a lot of needless action or having to rework something because you skip too many steps or getting involved in something and burning yourself out uh, during this period of time. And of course, don't forget fun. Gemini likes fun. It's fun to play and have a good time to be communicative. Uh, yesterday, this was so funny in preparation for this move. A, day, a week ago, I called my brother, whom I haven't talked to in over a year. In fact, he did not even know my son had died. So that means I hadn't talked to him since last July, at least. And so out of the blue, I called him up and said, hey, you've disappeared. Where are you? What are you doing? And don't ignore my phone call. Call me back. And he called me back yesterday. So I got to talk to my brother, who's actually moved from Montana into Oregon. I had no idea. So people from your past can come back into your now during uh, Mars retrograde. So just be prepared for that. And even before that, right, because the shadow energy of the Mars retrograde begins September 3rd. And we're not all that far away from that time period right now, right? That's just a couple of weeks from now. So I expect maybe the tenor of this kind of energy, people from your past, um, voices from the past, voices in your head from the past coming back at us and watching for your own reactions or responses to what's coming back at you. Now, when we look at the, oh, first of all, uh, Gemini, we could characterize it as wants to know everything and then wants to share it with the world, right? I'm big on that one as a Gemini. When I find out something new, the first thing I want to do is bring it to my community and to talk about it or bring it to my family and share it with people. The Gemini shadow, however, starts to take information and creates just empty words and empty knowledge, right? Useless bits of information that really are not tied to anything in particular. And then there's also inconsistency as a part of that Gemini energy um, because there's a lot of focus on the mind because Gemini actually rules the mind, the thinking in the mind. So not all the parts of the brain, but the, the thinking capacity that we have. There's a tendency in the shadow to become restless or to create, uh, be anxious or have a sort of nervous energy around us. And that can often be a part of overthinking things, right? Overthinking. At the same time, we're going to have Mercury while this is happening. Mercury is going to also be in retrograde 
uh, in the sign of Virgo, well, Libra backwards to Virgo. So there is even more possibility that our thinking can become overly critical or overly analytical and our minds, we may start, you know, just over uh, our information overload. So be careful about, make sure the information you're seeking is what you really want. In other words, otherwise it's just useless bits of information floating around in your head, creating nervousness, anxiety, or restlessness, or even unfocused, scattered thinking, right? That move the, <laughs> the squirrel, right? moving from one shiny object to the other, one piece of information to the other. Um, and in a way, the negative end of Gemini uses words to serve themselves rather than to enlighten or help others. So being able to use words as weapons comes to mind because Mars is the warrior, right? So what becomes our weapons now? It's not the swords or the guns particularly, but the words how we speak to one another, how um, wh what it is that's being written out there and broadcast to the world becomes very uber important. So that's a breakdown of that. Um, I just want to point out too that Mars right now is sitting at what we call an anoretic degree. That might be a new word for some of you out there, anoretic karmic. Let's use that word, karmic degree. The 29th degree of any sign is often the degree where we have the booms or the busts or we have the the explosions right of things that happen when um mars last retrograde mars was in aries and when mars was at the anoretic degree of aries the 29th degree it was the january 6th insurrection here in the usa so of course, Mars was very empowered as he was in a sign he ruled. So explosions and things that get out of control very quickly that blow up into something that maybe it was never meant to, but it just did happen at the 29th degree. So the 29th degree of Taurus, hard to say, maybe earthquakes, maybe something to do with the food system, something to do with uh, finances, all of that kind of stuff. You know, I've noted with Uranus and Taurus, that the explosions of change are not as profound as they were when Uranus was in Aries or when Mars was moving through Aries. So it could be a softer landing for us at this karmic degree. Uh, I think it's interesting that uh, some legislation went through here in the US at the end of this transit around global warming for whatever it's worth, whatever was in that bill, because who knows what they added to it. Um, so progress in some way, but also maybe having to go backwards a little bit, like maybe there were things put in there that we didn't intend or things that happened that we didn't intend. So there's that. Questions? Anybody out there? Let's look at comments. So uh, I don't see any questions, JLo. Oh yeah. You know what, JLo? I saw that same news story this morning. My, my son that, uh, he's a Mason. So he has contact with people like from all over the world in all different, um, income brackets and different, you know, lifestyles and what have you. He said to me earlier in the summer, um, mom, make sure you start putting away food. 
And I was like, well, why? You know, I know that some of the times the grocery store shelves are empty, but but he said that farmers right now are actually, you know, burning their crops or not bringing the crops in, culling their herds because they're anticipating that fuel prices being as high as they are, that they won't be able to plant as much next year. And that's going to cause inflation, right, on uh, consumers and also having less of everything that we normally have out there. So I'm not saying that to cause, you know, a frenzy for people, but it's something for us to be aware of because sometimes these bigger events happen without our being able to control any of it, right? It's going to happen. So the most we can do is make sure that we're able to respond. So I'm not saying go out there and hoard everything because that's not the answer either, but just be aware of how next year's harvest or next year's planting might be less than what we, especially here in the U.S., have been used to. Janet, we can comment on that from Europe also. Okay. In Holland, in Holland, there are 11,200 farms that have been shut down because they are told that their farming equipment is causing global warming. It's absolutely nonsensical. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And the farmers are doing what you mentioned here. They are burning things in the streets. They're putting up blockades. They're protesting because they don't believe what their government is telling them. But there are things going on in Europe about the food, growing, growing food. Yeah. And, you know, part of that, too, is the war that's continuing on in between Ukraine and Russia. Although I just suspect that's just a tool being used by some, some bigger... Yep system, government, shadow people um, to make it appear that, you know, that's happening. But it is an interesting time that we live in. And I don't think that Mars being in Gemini is going to make it much easier because of the information um, glut, if you will, coming, you know, so much coming that it's going to be hard to tease through what we have as truth and what's not truth. So, we're going to have to become experts over the next seven months on all of that and its impact on us. I find it interesting that Mars is moving into Gemini tomorrow and mm -hmm. in the Canadian Earth energy system, tomorrow is a 10 and 10 always brings challenges. 10 energy yeah. always brings in challenges so that we can manifest something different. 10 feeling so tomorrow, it looks like, right? Yeah. Feeling is the emotional response or reaction to whatever's going on with the challenges that show up. So that's a pretty interesting combination of Mars moving into Gemini, universal energy of 10, and Earth energy of feeling, which is the emotional response. It's going to be an interesting day tomorrow. I think everybody should put on their knee pads and their helmets. <laughs> Funny thing, because I'm going to the first football game that my grandson will be in. <laughs> my granddaughter cheerleading. Uh, so they'll already be prepared to, you know, to, uh, with their pads and their helmets uh, to, to move through their day tomorrow. So that'll be kind of funny. Um, now let's talk about something else that's happening during this whole period of time that I didn't realize until I started really going into the backstory of Mars in Gemini and this whole retrograde. And that is, during this whole period of time, Mars is going to be what astrologers call out of bounds. 
Now, planets move within a certain degree of the ecliptic plane, right? That's the plane at which all of the planets move through. And they're usually, you know, in uh, within a certain set of degrees. Well, Mars will be outside of that the whole entire time. Now, that's not unusual. He does that frequently. He is one of the more frequent flyers outside of bounds. But when a planet is out of bounds, it's hard to predict what the aspects are going to be. You know, I could say that Moon and Mars means this. I could say that Mercury and Mars coming together means this. But you might as well write after that uh, or something else. <laughs> because there's this unexpected nature for this next seven months. Just when you think you've got it all figured out, then you don't, right? The, the, the planet changes up something because of the nature of where it's riding in the ecliptic plane. And that's just, that's more of a, maybe a geometric um, or a astronomical comment or tool. But for us as astrologers, we know any planet that moves out of bounds has a, an unexpectedness around it. it. Kind of takes on a Uranus sort of flair where the unexpected can happen like you might as well expect the unexpected maybe things could be easier than we thought maybe things <laughs> could be nice. that'd be <laughs> it great would be nice. it would be nice if that could be the case for once right things go easy and smoothly we can intend this by the way and the you know intention that we move forward with is important here the mars in his whole time in gemini will be transiting the gates of the throat center in our human design. And that tells you that it has a lot to do with communication, but in human design, the throat center is also the center for manifesting. So it's that the words that we say, they have creative power. And so the manifestation is related to the words that we say. So you can see how a setting of an intention can be very powerful in creating co-creating, let's say, with the universe, the direction that we want to move in versus the older may, may way of being, which is just saying words, right? Just putting out a bunch of words, not very cognizant of what it is that we're actually saying. So think about what we say to ourselves in the mirror in the morning when we're struggling to get our hair the way we want it, or when we're, you know, going, oh man, that color looks terrible on you or whatever. Can't you lose weight? all of those things, right, that we say um, about ourselves to others, but also to ourselves about ourselves. So we'll have to be pretty cognizant about that uh, during the next period of time. That That's an incredibly important topic to talk about because people don't truly understand how powerful thoughts are or how powerful words that we use are. You're absolutely right about the creative element in that. And yeah. it, it's just, it's amazing. If people understood that harsh words are really damaging, that, that, that people's belief systems about what is so important to them and how they broadcast that out from themselves affects everybody. It goes out in every direction. It it changes the environment by what someone says. And yeah. people, people really need, and when I say people, I mean everyone really needs 
to be more cognizant or more aware of what they say. And it's not just what they say, it's how they say it. Mm -hmm. Because the tonality of the words, it's not just the words they choose, but it's how they use the word. Because you can put more emphasis on a word, even if it's a positive word, you can really directly affect someone else or all of society by simply using a particular word in the way you use it. So bringing that up, Janet, is exceptionally important. And I think right now in this discussion, it's absolutely important. Right, right. Because, you know, Mars itself is an action planet. So our thoughts that move into words become creative and then we take action, right? There's an action associated with the thought and with the words. And we have to take personal responsibility for that, right? Mm -hmm. Those creations are our own. And it's been, you know, something that I've been thinking about for a long time when, um, you know, we hear in, in the news all about global warming, right? There's this and that's just one you know, example. I could come up with 100 probably. Examples of things that we are constantly talking about. Now, I'm not saying that there isn't maybe the possibility that we have a warmer globe or that we have impacted somehow. But what are we focusing on? The warming. We're focus we have people aligned with this idea that the globe is warming up instead of talking maybe about balancing the climate or... Mm -hmm you know, restoring the climate to normal or things like that. So the verbiage that we're using is creating more and more of the problem. Absolutely. That, that's, that's another point that's so important, especially right now. The energy we put behind what we're thinking about or what we're talking about often causes more damage or more energy in the wrong direction. So you're absolutely right. Yeah. People, people should be thinking about what can I do? And you use the word personal responsibility. Mm -hmm. What can I do to make a change? How, how can I alter my life to do something that may be less environmentally impactful? But yeah. people, are so, people are so darn spoiled that <laughs> they don't want to give up. No, they, you know what? They, We're not spoiled. We're lazy. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yes. We're lazy. We've gotten into this rut of how, you know, consumerism of all of the capitalism. And I mean, we could, you know, just sit back on our laurels and, and not take any responsibility for what we've created with all of that. Yes. You know, that that really famous speech of President Kennedy's that, that he said, if I can quote it correctly, ask not what you can do for yourself, but ask what you can do for your country. Yep. That that yep. image of that that message is is just as important today as it was then, fifty years ago, yep. because maybe more so now, right? <laughs> I think so. I think so because people are really focused on what do I want, what do I need, and you hit on that a moment ago about consumerism, capitalism, the, the whole financial structure that we're living under. And I think it's high time that people really take a look at what they're doing, what are they causing, what yeah. are they influencing. But as you said, because we're lazy, which is absolutely true, and because 
we have such a, a grip on individualism instead of unity. We're doing what we want to do for us. We want to fulfill our needs. We want to fulfill what we want. And if we don't make a switch, if we don't make a mm -hmm. pretty big jump away from that, we're going to continue to cause the decline of the planet and our civilization. Right. And yet what we can do is focus on what we want, right? Focus on what it is that we want to create. Interestingly enough, you guys, that Mars, as it moves into the sign of Gemini, and even today, right now at the 29th degree of Taurus, it's sitting at the gate eight and uh, in the sixth line, which is a role model line. So for you guys, don't get caught up in all of that. Just know the modifier for the great, the, the gate eight that Mars is sitting at is in the sixth line of becoming role models. So what does that mean? First of all, Mars will move into Gemini tomorrow morning, my time, midnight 57, right? Just 57 minutes after the day. So in all time zones across the planet, just about he's moving into Mars tomorrow. So I just wanted to let people know that. And he moves into the gate uh, eight at contribution. So this is, he's already been in this gate for a little bit. So he's at the end of his transit through this gate eight as he's preparing to move. And the gate of contribution is about really focusing in on our co-creative abilities. How are we contributing either to the positive or to the not so positive in the world, in our lives, in our personal businesses, to a project that we're working. And it's about unification in the bigger scheme of things. This is about taking all of the ideas that there might be. So we could take all the ideas, for example, about what we can do to sustain the earth in a balanced climate. Notice I chose those words very carefully. And how could we use these different ideas to co-create a world where the earth is balanced in her climate? Or at least the parts that we can, that we can uh, control in some way, right? Um, this is an energy that is about inspiring trust in all viewpoints, right? That we don't have to try to say, oh, well, your, your viewpoint's good, but yours is not. I like your viewpoint, yours sucks. We don't have to do that. We can just have trust that everybody has a different viewpoint and that there's some kind of contribution in it, right? That new concepts and new ideas are not born if we are deselecting people because they are different from the way that we think, right? We have to be able to be open. So we come into Mars and Gemini in a time of re-evaluating where we are constantly needing to encourage harmonious interactions in our environment, in our personal lives, in our relationship with the earth, our relationship with one another uh, and with our communities or our governments or whatever, right? So there's that and creating an appreciation of the all empowering contributions that people make. Even your little teeny weeny contribution has impact. So even if you just choose today to not buy a certain brand, let's say, I'm making that up because they contribute to um, garbage on the planet. I don't know. Um, that's your little contribution. And even if you only use so much in a, in a period of time, it's a contribution nonetheless. And think about the role model aspect of all of this. How does that look to others in your family, right? That you're walking your talk, perhaps, or that you're living your truth. 
So it's an interesting, interesting energy that we find ourselves in. And the very next day, Sunday, Mars moves into a different gate. So it's like this little piece of time right here where we can choose to be contributors in a positive way or to be contributing in a way that's not so positive. It's our choice. And it's going to begin by what it is we choose to say and how we choose to what we choose to do our choices in action because it's actions that speak louder than words even sometimes right there's a saying for that reason <laughs> um now uh, let's see what time is it oh we got 10 minutes so um there's so many more things that i can talk about in terms of mars and probably we'll have to move into monday's broadcast as well to complete this but i did say to people that I wanted you to check where Mars is in your chart by house, because I can't tell you all the different aspects in terms of planetary placement, because I don't see all of your charts, but everybody knows pretty much where Mars is, hopefully. And let's go by the houses and what you can expect during this Mars transit, and especially the retrograde portion. So Mars and Gemini in the first house. So that's you, Colin. And this is a time for you to push your ideas out into the world, even if they're different. Right, even if they're unique, that might mean writing the book. That might mean speaking or publishing the book. Even um, the opposite sign, Sagittarius. You know, Gemini will be pulling in that Sagittarius energy. Sagittarius rules the house of publishing. So why not put it out there? Stop well, worrying about whether it's perfect. That's that's interesting, Janet. Pia and I just completed um, a pretty intense time of writing an article for a, a leading magazine. And we we just finished it. We've been working on it for a while. We just edit, did the final edits and it's ready to go to the publisher. So that's very interesting that you bring that up. Perfect timing. It's before Mars turns retrograde, but as Mars moves into a sign that really fields the words, right? <laughs> Puts the words out there. Now, if you're someone who has Mars moving into Gemini in your second house. This is about money and resources and assets that you own, as well as how you value your things and how you value yourself. And the question might be with Mars moving through here, are you acting in accordance with your values or counter to them? So it may also stimulate more money coming in, but I, it wouldn't be um, prudent to just go after the money aspect. It is a natural outpicturing of what happens when you align with your values, right? With what's your truth, with being confident in your authenticity. Now, if you have Mars getting ready to move through the third house in your chart, so if Gemini is in the third house, Mars and Gemini in the third house is its own ruling house, right? So he's at home here. Uh, the Gemini energy is more profound here rather than the Mars energy. And it's about communication, just chatting, calling, phones ringing, you know, emails coming in, messages coming in. Um, it might be mental juggling because so many things and ideas and inspiration coming in. This could really push you to overwhelm in the mind so you want to stay very grounded if possible right eat chocolate it always grounds right chocolate uh do meditation yoga you are really 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 if you have mars in the third house gemini 
going to have to take care because Gemini energy also rules our driving, right? Our uh, transportation systems. And if you are too mind oriented while you're driving, you might miss that the person in front of you slammed on their brakes. Accidents, right? Mars rules accidents. Mars in Gemini in the third house, maybe a transportation connection. Stay uber aware. Now, if you have Mars in Gemini in the fourth house, this is the house that rules family and traditions. And here we may have fi family fights, like old family issues coming back up. Like, you know, somebody sits at the dinner table and says, yeah, I remember when you guys were fighting over this. And again, the whole fight erupts, anger kind of erupts. This would be a better time for you to heal family energies, right? To work through your heritage and to to work through the loving side of, of um, being in family and being in relationship. Um, but don't be surprised if old family energies come back up or if old family fights get energized in some way. But it's your choice, right? You can either contribute to that or you can contribute to, you know what, that's old stuff. I said that to my brother yesterday. It was so funny. Now that I'm reading that, even though it's not in my fourth house, he was bringing up this like fight that happened between him and his brother, his other brother, <clears throat> our other brother, uh, back in the 70s. And I'm like, dude, let it go. God, that is so, you know, so long ago, 45 years ago. What are you thinking? So let him go, right? If you have Mars and Gemini in the fifth house, this will be about the drive to have fun, to be romantic, to be in love, to be creative because Mars here is generating energy of creation. So it is the fifth house of love, romance, joy, creativity. So I would expect that to have that person to have a lot of creative ideas. Remember your type and strategy and authority so that you're not trying to act on all of them. Not every idea is meant for you to take action on. Mars in the sixth house or Mars in Gemini in the sixth house. This is an interesting one because the sixth house is in Virgo territory. So Virgo is the natural ruler here. Virgo and Gemini are actually square to one another. There's a challenge going on between the frivolity, if you will, of Gemini and the more serious Virgo in nature that wants to perfect and is very concerned about health. And in the sixth house, this can be about worry and anxiety about health, your body, anything that's going on in your body. Um, it can also bring on um, a shift in how you're healing your body. So if you've always been, you know, allopathic centered, maybe you become more alternative centered during this period of time. You can also be very, um, <laughs> uh, let's say, very energized around cleaning, about organizing, about perfecting, super productive, yes, but can we end up taking that to the nth degree where we are so perfectionistic and nitpicky that nobody wants to be around us, right? So we want to be taking care if you have it in the sixth house. Yes, be fastidious about your health, but don't get so regimented that you can't have some of that flexibility that Gemini needs. Mars and Gemini in the seventh house. Now we're talking about your relationships, specifically your romantic partners, um, your spouse or your business partnerships, things like that. 
we can have fights with our partners here. We can have that verbal swordplay that we were talking about, the verbal gunslinging energy, um, challenging our spouses. Uh, also, our you know discovery of enemies, people who you know are not our friends. But in the more positive aspect, maybe we'll be able to confront things that have bothered us in our relationships in positive communication ways that then help us find solutions, right? That's the idea here, using Mars energy in a powerfully positive, contributory way, using our words positively. Gemini in the eighth house, if you have it there, this is a house of death and rebirth. And obsession comes up here, OCD, big time in the eighth house. So we might be obsessing about things. It's also the house of sex, death, and rebirth. So, and Mars rules sex. So are we having to deal with the sex trades and sex trafficking and all of that kind of stuff in the outer world? But in your own personal life, you're also maybe having to deal with uh, dealing, maybe kind of an obsession about dealing with the dark side of things or the taboos that we might have in society. Essentially, this would be a great time to shine light on sort of the darker areas of your life, including maybe fears or things that hold you back, right? The eighth house can sometimes hold past life things, blocks and inhibitions and things like that. Mars in the ninth house, uh, the ninth house is a Sagittarius ruled house. So we have affinity here, right? This is kind of a good energy. Sagittarius energy or ninth house energy is a drive to go deeper, to study something in more detail, to, to know more. It is also the house of publishing, right? So there's the know more, the getting more information out, but it is also our having to look at our beliefs and our philosophies and what might we have to address there, right? What might be all of the actions that maybe we're stating we have this certain philosophy or this certain belief system, but all our actions are taking us in another direction. Whoops, right? Now we, had, we have an opportunity to course correct. So that would be the ninth house. And uh, it can also be a place where you're too busy to sit and consider those things. So you wanna watch that as well. Mars in Gemini in the 10th house, uh, the 10th house is the career or profession house. And now what we might have is, uh, and I've been hearing this word a lot lately. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this about it being an influencer, like Instagram influencers or social media influencers. Mars and Gemini in the 10th house makes me think about your role as an influencer, if this is where it is for you influencing the people you work with, influencing your family, um, influencing your community, but in positive ways, hopefully, right? Not necessarily influencing them into negative things. Uh, but also expect that things in your profession may actually speed up and get busier for you, your professional life. Um, you might be talking with a lot of people, different clients and new clients. Mars and Gemini in the 11th house. The 11th house is the house of networking, our friendships, and it has a humanitarian energy around it. Uh, so Mars in Gemini in the 11th house might be about trading information with people in your networks. So that makes brings me back to social media, a place that Gemini energy is very comfortable with, um, talking a lot with your friends or communicating with them. There's also gossip in this house, right? So we want to, that would be a more negative aspect to watch for. 
Um, but also there's influential energy here as well, but influencing by helping people, right? Serving people in some way, serving a dream in some way, whether it's a personal dream or a collective dream or a group dream. So being able to work through that uh, energy is what you would be focused on. And finally, Mars and Gemini in the 12th house, which is where mine is going to be, uh, possible self-undoing, right? The 12th house is the house of secrets. It's the house of self-sabotage. It is where your fears and your blocks are stuck in the patterns of your subconscious mind and that they end up affecting our day-to-day -day living without our complete knowledge of it or awareness of it because it's un it's simply unconscious. So this is going to be difficult for Mars energy because Mars could probably cause escape patterns here where you want to escape. I, I, I feel like, you know, that there are many different ways that we can escape doing what it is that we want to do, right? Our, our phones, the news, games, going, you know, taking the scat, the, the squirrel nut and going and burying it in the garden when you should be writing, you know, what you need to be writing. But it is also a time where you can become overwhelmed with information. So retreat, rest, relaxation, brain drain, taking off all of the info would be very good and useful for people who have Mars and Gemini in that 12th house. So Hopefully that gives everybody something to think about. Now, Pia, do you know your own chart? Do you know where Mars is going to be in Gemini? I think Mars is in my fourth house. I'm not positive, but I think it's my fourth. Cullen's is in the eighth. No, Gemini for Cullen is his rising sign. Well, that's his rising sign, but his Mars is in the eighth. Right. I, I meant where Mars transiting Gemini would be. Okay. But it's, it's useful to know where your Mars is as well. Okay. So transforming home. Have you guys moved to your new home yet? Yes, yes, we have. Yeah, that's why the background is a little different because it's new. And how do you like it there? You like it is quiet. Yeah, it's it's a much better space for us. Um, it we we stepped away from some things that that weren't really that positive. And this house and this village we're in is is probably going to be a much much more productive and easier place to live. I love it. That's great for you guys. Um, anyway, we are at the top of the hour now, so it's time for us to say goodbye. I want to remind everybody listening that today is our Astro Design Meetup. It is at 12 noon uh, Pacific time, 3 p.m. East Coast time, and that is your opportunity to bring your questions from your human design, your astrology, your Pleiadian earth energy. If I can answer that question, I will. Um, uh, gene keys, whatever. Um, and for an hour, sometimes to an hour and a half, uh, we meet and answer questions. I think bringing your questions about Mars would be perfect. When I'm done here, I will repost the link so everybody has the Zoom link. It's already been posted, but I'll post it up again. Uh, so I hope to see you all at noon. And Pia and Colin, thank you so much for the reminder this morning. It's been wonderful to have you, even though I did most of the talking this time. And uh, I'll look forward to seeing you. Let's see, September, our third Friday, will take us to the 16th. Sounds great. Is there, no, that's, yeah, that's the Friday. 16th, we'll see you guys then. All right, take care. Thank you, everybody. Much love. Bye for now. Bye-bye.